All right. Today, we are going to be talking about the power of your words, mm. a subject close to my heart because I can be very harsh with my words. Very harsh with your words? Huh? I can be rough. I think we all can be, you I know, know, especially I, in marriage. I, yeah, I like to make my words loud <laughs> sometimes. You are very voluminous. <laughs> uh, I tend to, I think, use words in a way that kind of um, undermines, I think, the confidence that you have as a wife and and you have the confidence that you have for me to see your words for what you mean and not for what you're saying. So words are important. I think we as spouses, not just us, but anyone listening to this, yeah. Marriage is a very unique context for communication, and we know where the big red buttons are. We know what words to use. We know how to mm. kind of unwittingly belittle each other. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about all of that today. A lot of words talking about words. <laughs> that said, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Excited to talk about this this conversation. Oh, <laughs> <was> Zoolander! Mm. <laughs> no, because I think Mar you and I were talking about this before we got on. But um, and mar marriage is such a unique setting for words and, and communication because you probably have some of the most hardest and challenging conversations of your life with your spouse, right? Mm. And not solely with your spouse, but as a lot of them happen with your spouse. And then you have to have daily communication with your spouse. You have to have mm. words daily that are maybe not at the same level. There's not this like, there's there's like a hot and a cold, I feel like. And you got to kind of yeah. like operate well in both. And not, not you do, but God helps us and empowers us to, uh, and teaches us how to tame our tongue. We're going to go through James 3, which is just 11 verses, mm. and talk about that. And it just really un unleashes not unleashes. <laughs> it explains the power of the tongue and the weight and like the tendency, I think, of, of right. the sinfulness of our of our tongues and the words. So anyways, we'll dive into that a little bit more. I think we're going to jump. We're going to go back a little old school and do a quick heart check because we've been listening to a lot and we've been reading a lot because we're writing a book. So mm. I thought it was a good opportunity to take to kind of share what's going on and what we've been kind of diving uh, into lately. About that. <laughs> or about, maybe I'll just do the about hard About writing that book. <laughs> You're doing a great job, babe. <laughs> Apparently books don't write themselves. <sighs> and the chapters that I'm assigned to don't magically get written. And we I just had a frustrating day yesterday. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Usually when those moments happen, it's like the break is just about to happen. Yeah, it's so. always like that. It's There's always, it's so many ups and downs and the ups feel horrible because it's like it feels like you're going uphill <laughs> and the downs feel horrible because you want to be up at that mountaintop again. yes <laughs> yes so anyway. yes we are going to go back do the heart check we're going to have our discussion about our words and our marriage have a couple's conversation challenge pray us out at the end but before we do that we're going to jump into the housekeeping i feel like this is your flow oh. babe you do the housekeeping. Okay. You do good housekeeping. at housekeeping. All right. You guys have been great. People who have been listening have been reciprocating this content by leaving reviews and star ratings and all that good stuff. Thank you so much. If mm -hmm. you haven't done that, please do take 30 seconds to a minute to leave a star rating and a review. Helps us a ton. Helps get the word out and spreads this message of God's, God's goodness for marriages around the world. Mm. All right. Secondly, if uh, you want to be a part of what we're doing, we would love that. We've got um, a number of people over on Patreon 
And Patreon is a website that allows us to partner with our listeners directly. And you guys have been awesome in partnering with us. That helps us keep everything ad-free. In fact, I turned down an ad request this week. Somebody oh, said, hey, man. we want to sell our wares on your on your podcast. <laughs> and I said, get out of here. No. <laughs> no. You get out of here. I said that via email, but they got the point. It's okay. There's Sometimes there is a place for ads. You no, know, you can right. work in congruent with but other people. I couldn't do that because we have our awesome Patreon yes. community, and we don't have to do that, thankfully. Yes. Uh, but it also helps us uh, meet our goals. So go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Finally, if you have any questions, we are getting a lot of questions, especially in light of the episode that dropped last Thursday, the mm. one on abortion, IVF, uh, Babies, birth control and yeah. babies. We talked about that. So there's been some good questions, hard questions rolling in. Those are always welcome. Yes. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there. You can click that to ask a question or you mm-hmm. can call or text this number 971-333-1120. Don't do so while driving, folks. It's not safe. It's not safe. Um, I just want to add a little blurb here and I didn't really tell you about this. <laughs> what? It's not blurb. It's, yes. I get it's my words mixed up. Blurb. You're pregnant, and so... Sometimes it happens. You know what? I'm trying to write this book. All my words go to the book. You're so. an amazing writer. You just <laughs> so, sit down and get it done. Well, I have to, so it's that kind of out of necessity. Yeah. Anyways, um, so you guys get kind of what's left over sometimes on the words here. <laughs> but a blurb, a little blurb here. If you have someone or there's this person that you admire that you would like us to interview. Like, I think you should send, write it in, send us a name, what they wrote, and we'll kind of filter through some of and those. send because... us their email address and their phone number. <laughs> no. And if you could just prime them, say that we're going to be contacting them. <laughs> no, but I feel like there's other like authors and bloggers and speakers that maybe we have not heard about and that might have a, a good voice, obviously, about... Um, the different issues and conflicts in marriage or things surrounding that. Um, also, if you want to like re-interview some people, because I feel like we could bring a couple people back for some other big topics. So any anything like that with the interviews, you have one that you think we should pursue or you'd like to hear again, I think that would be worth writing in about. Yep. And if you're unaware... We have an interview that drops every two weeks. <laughs> yes. So we do our regular. On Thursdays. Yeah, we have weekly Tuesday episodes. Yes. Every Tuesday you can find us first thing in the morning, a new episode. We haven't missed it for almost 100 episodes. We have not missed a single week, mm-hmm. not even during Christmas. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like it's good. We recorded some early. That's why. Yeah. Um, and then every other Thursday we drop the interview episodes. So mm-hmm. that's what Selena's talking about. Okay. So that's our our uh, our housekeeping thank yes. you for hanging out with us okay we're gonna talk a little bit about, we're gonna do our heart check we used to do this every time mm-hmm. and so if you want to go straight to the content you can do that just zoom ahead on your podcast thing this is a way for us to kind of warm up and let you in on what's happening in the frederick household in yeah, terms of just our, our own rhythms too, in terms of how we keep our hearts um yeah for, for they are the wellspring of life <laughs> we're, what's that word what's that verse uh, anyway guard your heart guard right? your heart yes okay so let's do it quickly though because yep. I, we're already seven well and a half no minutes i'm in. just i know i just think that we have so the heart check consists of three questions what book is in your hand what voice is in your ear and what's mm. stirring in your heart <clears throat> we've had a lot of this sort of it's kind of been at the forefront of us because we've been writing this book um which will drop next year. <laughs> Sorry, a little teaser there. Um, but what book is in your hand? I have been reading, gosh, a lot of the Bible, which has been great. Ooh. I'm not trying to You're sound so spiritual. Holy. No, it's just like, I feel like everything I've been reading has been so rich and alive and just coming to life and helping me put words on a page. But not just that, it's been ministering to my own heart. Okay. So 
I'm not trying to be like that person, but really the Bible has been my biggest thing. Kind of my, my dump is uh, the one that I, Becoming Mrs. Lewis. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's kind of fictional, non-fictional, non-fiction mm. story about C.S. Lewis's wife. So that's been kind of like a, a, a brain break. Um, what voices in your ear? I have been listening to uh, Journey Woman. She's been doing. She's been doing all these interviews about the local church. She was talking to Susan Hunt. It was amazing. I'm still sifting through um, the last part of that episode, but it's really encouraged me understanding, you know, the challenges we face as a local church, but how our mission is so much bigger, and how that can really draw us um, out of those areas of mm. of doubt or just our preferences or hurts and pains right there's a there's a bigger call but god can heal us in that and and help us walk through that so i don't know it's just it's been yeah. so beneficial um and what's stirring in your heart is just kind of everything in this book uh we, we're talking a lot about like transparency and walking in the light in this book and i feel like god has been making that more and more clear in in ways that i need to more i'm challenged by but also encouraged by okay was that your book, go. book thing? That no, was that just... was my what's stirring in my heart. Oh, you did all of them. I try to go fast. I feel like you were watching me like I was. tapping your and foot. And time. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm reading a lot as well for the same reasons Selena just outlined. Uh, one book that I love that I highly recommend, and it's probably the only one I'll highly recommend here, is The Gift of Being Yourself. So in the book that we're writing, we're I talking did. about like oh, yeah. the, the Christian value of self-knowledge. And that's not something that gets a lot of traction in Christian communities. And even in my own heart, like I looked, I was like, great. <laughs> I, I don't want to be self-help, but right. the bottom line is we have to know, we don't know God until we know ourselves, nor do we actually know ourselves till we know God. There's this mm-hmm. back and forth. It's just, we have to be aware and we've, it's so easy in our culture not to actually know ourselves because we want, we see a version of ourselves without seeing our true selves. That's what we talk about well, see through. And some of us even seek to know ourselves to that end and not to know God and his yes. mission and how, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, The Gift of Being Yourself by David G. Brenner is an amazing book. Uh, <clears throat> love it. I'm also reading Crucial Conversations. That's about having hard conversations. It's, that's a good, very practical book. Yeah. On the fun side, I'm reading 1984 by uh, George Orwell. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you hear like, oh, that's so Orwellian or whatever. And oh my goodness. <laughs> What this book, and I think I've read it in the past, but I'm, I'm much more woke now. Are <laughs> you using that? There it is. <laughs> anyway, that I've been doing a lot of reading on like um, on systems theory, systems dynamics. That sounds really weird, but how do systems work, particularly in the family, mm-hmm. right? So there's all kinds of like academic writing around systems theory, but also critical theory, which is another. Um, it's basically like cultural Marxism. That's a. It's a very weird topic to be reading for a marriage guy, but I'm interested <laughs> in it because it does explain some of the things that we're experiencing culturally and why certain um, topics seem to be like, you can't touch them with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. Anyway. What's, sorry, what's the other podcast? Um, this cultural moment. Yeah. I've been listening to that as well. And that's been Mark helping Sayers, me yeah, understand and, and Mark Comer. Yeah, yes, they, they, a lot more of the, the the, the, the backdrop of a culture and society today and how that affects like, yeah. I'm what we have, believe and how we operate. I'm hoping to have one, of the, one or both of those guys. Come on. on. Um, I would love to have Mark Sayers on and John Mark Comer. John Mark yeah. Comer is just, just two hours south of us. Maybe I we'll know. go visit. That anyway. Seems like a little much. This is a long intro. So <clears throat> that's that's intro. the book We're in my sharing. hand. We're sharing, man. Books in my hand. I'm, I'm reading through Deuteronomy and, yeah. and those, those that's my daily Bible reading. Um, that's been good as well. Uh, what voice is in my ear? Uh, you know what? Knowing Faith, those guys are incredible yeah. still. Um, also, John uh, Mark Sayer, like I was talking, Mark Sayers. But Knowing Faith, I actually just emailed Kyle from that show yesterday. Nice. And because Adam, who we had on the 
guest on the show last week mm-hmm. is one of Kyle's best friends. And Adam said, here's his email address. Oh, baby. He said he's overextended, but try to get him on your show. <laughs> so I sent an email. He hasn't got back to me yet. So if you know those guys with Knowing Faith, send him, a, send him an email. Tell him to contact us. Yeah. Um, so That's anyway, awesome. I've been listening to that. They did one on complementarianism, which is just beautiful. And you listen to that as well. It's just yeah. a beautiful, it's, beautiful There's so much packed into it. And they have Jen Wilkin on there, of course. It's all three really... Of them, all three of them are mighty like, <sighs> people of God's word. Well, and they're so familiar with it because it's something that they wrote out and discerned mm. and made like foundational yeah. within their church. Yeah. So anyways, it's incredible. And what's stirring in my heart, <clears throat> uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to get this book out. I feel like it's going to be good and I... I feel like it's going to be helpful, not yeah. that it'll be good because we wrote it. It'll be, I think, helpful because I feel like God, I'm just asking God to use it however he sees fit. If it helps one person, so be it. It's helped me so far, so yeah. I can be that one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, kidding. Yeah. Okay. I could keep going on that because it's talking about ourselves and stuff. Um, <laughs> we Yeah. So we're jumping into words and how in marriage, there's kind of this, there's there's a lot of words that happen between you and your spouse. And a lot of times it is very just conversational day to day, but there's moments and opportunities within those conversations to be intentional, to be loving, to tame our tongue, mm. essentially. Um, but also when we have those those crucial conversations or those hard conversations with each other, are we aware of, you know, things like timing and tone and emotions and how can we understand those things in, in through the lens of the Bible when it's saying like, we won't let any, there's life and death in the power of the tongue, but we won't let um, corruption, like corrupt talk come out of our mouths. And again, understanding James 3, the whole title is Taming the Tongue, really mm. just sets the stage and puts the weight um, on the tongue because I think we can overlook our words, especially nowadays and especially, you know, just typing behind a screen or texting mm. or, you know, just commenting. The comment sections on things are just, <laughs> yeah. And we will be held accountable to those. Anyways, I'm getting off not in the marriage world, so... Reeling it back in. Yeah, words. Uh, I mean, it's it. We we use words based on how we witness and kind of uh, what's the word? We kind of uh, implicitly endorse mm-hmm. the way that culture uses words, yeah. right? And so words don't really carry value in culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, think just for a second. Fake news, right? They words are a means to an end. Yeah. And they are for portraying meaning. The thing is, is people who are good with words know how to use words to portray meanings and have you read into things. Right. And we do that in marriage a lot to where we, I know how to use words in a way that like technically is okay, but I know that the meaning that's being communicated. The connotation behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that it looks different depending on the married couple that you talk to. But it, you know, for us, like early on in our marriage and even now, like if, because I'm a good arguer, you can feel like I'm dismissing your opinions or I'm devaluing your opinions or I am dismissing your, right. v- like invalidating you. And over time, I've learned to try to call you on that, even though you oh, don't you're like so that. Oh, you're so good at it. Well, and I've gotten, the moment I've gotten more like aware it. as well. <laughs> right. It's just because you want to ar- win the argument, right? right? And that's when you know <laughs> that that com- conversation has yeah. turned yes. in an unhelpful direction right, and when right. your words become a means to an end of winning. And not only winning, but making so you feel like you lost. <laughs> <laughs> and you would you do the same thing. I mean, you you're very you can use words very. I don't want to sound like I'm just this husband who just always no, is talking down no, to my wife. No, I can. The thing is, is that I think it flows off my back a little bit quicker. Whereas words have a lot more weight for you. Like it can take you two to three days to kind of allow it to wash out of your system. Like a, something I said flippantly and like 
Oh, yeah. Not thinking and just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, into the dark hole you go for about, you know. It's like a stab in the heart. <laughs> Even though I apologize, repent, you know, ask for forgiveness, it still has like this residue and on I'll, you and, a bit. And I'll say, okay, we're good. And <laughs> we are good, but it just takes some time for that to like. That feelings, those to, feelings for, to kind of fade. And... It takes time for me to feel like I've forgiven you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I, I do say I forgive you. So marriage, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, jumping into James 3, Taming the Tongue. Um, we're just going to read verses 1 through ele- well, one through 12, probably. <clears throat> so here's your scriptures for today, friends. <laughs> if you haven't read your Bible. No, I love listening to scripture being read. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. This is always like mm. the fear of my heart sometimes. Lord, help us. Seriously. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole Mm -hmm. body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every... I know. I'm just like, whoa! It's really intense. Hang on, people. Really dire picture here. Anyway, go on. Buckle up. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Uh, Verse 12, can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. It's intense. It's an intense picture. But I mean, what else is there? Right. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Why does it feel intense to us when maybe it shouldn't? Right. Like why? Go ahead. James is um, going to great length to make this point. Yes. And it's not just a passing like, hey, be careful what you say to each other. No. But it's this dire warning that this your tongue if it is unbridled it can steer mm. life and death it can basically like command life and death not right. literally i mean not literally but you get what he's saying yeah yeah um when when we go into i mean you know just the words and conversation that in genesis 3 when eve had what eve had with the serpent and what added the conversation that adam and eve had with each other there was the whole the whole direction changed obviously because Mm. sin entered the world so no longer was there's this this unity and uh completeness but there was this brokenness and blame that we start seeing so what does this look like in a marriage i think (laughs) set in fire ablaze (laughs) set set in uh, force ablaze well we always say um we always say that you have a direct line to your spouse's heart Mm -hmm. right and you have the power to encourage them unlike anyone else. So therefore encourage them like no one else can. And that's for sure. That's true. The the example we use, we wrote about this in our book, fierce marriage, but I had, I had some health problems early on in our marriage, had to have heart surgery. Mm -hmm. They put these, um, wires. I'll just tell the story now. They put these wires, Mm -hmm. uh, they they were connected to my heart. They were kind of like resting on the heart tissue where 
the electrical signals would need to originate. So there's four wires and they're, they're touching my heart and they're looped up. up they go up through between, I think my lung and my, like the inside of my rib cage. Yeah. And then they hooked over the top of my sternum and then went down between the rib cage and the skin now. And then they, they poked out, um, externally from your body. Yeah. yeah. Externally from the body. So what so they, they were, were internal just like, going out <laughs> and they were tied off like yeah. shoelaces <laughs> on my stomach skin. It was, and it, I still have scars cool and people, barbaric. I forget that they're there, but people when they see when I'm going like swimming, they're like, what's wrong with that guy? He's got like scars all over his, his body. And it's from these wires. Yeah. And the whole point of having those wires there was in case the doctors needed to revive my heart. They had a direct line mm-hmm. to my heart. And so they could just they could just plug me into the cardioversion machine mm-hmm. and just zap me mm-hmm. and the heart would either would either stop or regulate or whatever. But if they decided to, they could hug they could hook that thing up to a car battery and kill me <laughs> in an instant. Right. <laughs> and so the point that I'm trying to make is that like those doctors, as spouses, we have a direct line to each other's heart. Right. And and that's through the words that we speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just want to take a few moments and look at some more scriptures that I think bolster this fact that I, no many, nah, excuse me, not many people will actually argue with this, that words are important, but let's just go to God's word again. So Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear, right? So no corrupting talk, only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. So there's a context to the words that we're speaking that it might give grace. So people might experience the grace of God or the grace of God in you mm-hmm. um, through hearing those words. Okay, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. So this these verses are just me- a few verses of many, many, many verses that talk about the power of our words, the power of, of, of our communication toward each other. So where are, we, where are we headed with this? I think we've identified in our own marriage that there are some things that are, are kind of not off limits in terms of communication. And there are some non-negotiables in terms of how we're going to actually talk to each other, right? Right. There's three kind of communication categories that we have that kind of help us put different types of speech in their proper place, whether or not that's outside of our marriage, meaning they don't exist in our marriage. And there's also different things that are a part of our marriage, a regular part of our marriage. So I just want to share those. Hopefully they're helpful to people as they're ta- uh, thinking through and talking through this stuff with their own spouse. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first thing is? Uh, we like to say there are some things that are off limits in your marriage. Uh, we kind of learned this early on. Some of it we came into our marriage with, like, we're not going to use um, divorce as a threat. We aren't going to use sex as, like, a, a bargaining tool. Um, but some words mm. and phrases just never help your marriage, um, like name-calling, insults, demeaning or abusive language and tones, you know, expressing ideas aimed solely at kind of, like, destroying your marriage if you can't say it in love it probably shouldn't be said yeah that one clear example of this is the d word is divorce like we would never and this okay nowadays it's so outlandish because obviously we've been doing fierce marriage for a number of years and i'd never be like let's just get a divorce yeah but that's i I wouldn't flippantly say that to you but even early on in our marriage we had we just make a con we made a conscious decision part of that was because of my dad he like drilled into me since i was like old enough to walk that when you get married it's for life that Mm -hmm. was just one of the things that he drilled into me i'm so thankful for it and so divorce was always this 
just non-negotiable thing that we were never going to threaten or like, if you don't do this, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and some of it I think is even just confessing some of those thoughts too, because I think that we, in very heated moments and very trying moments with these big, huge challenges, we think those things like, I'm just, I need, I'm going to divorce you or like, I shouldn't have married this guy or something. You know, we have those thoughts and I think, I think we are called to repent of those thoughts mm-hmm. and to share those as hurtful as they are because it keeps our hearts soft. Again, like the words thing is, is stems from the heart. You know, Jesus knows that if he, if he has our hearts, he has our tongues. Right. Yeah. And so I, I would put this in the category. So say you're at the park and you're hanging out with the kids and you overhear a couple fighting, yeah. which happens not too often, but often enough. Yeah. And it's so sad when you hear one of them say, um, oh, you're, you're such an idiot. Yeah. Or like, I'll I'll hear you know husbands call their wives the b word, yeah, and super degrading, demeaning things that you would never say to just another human being, let alone your spouse. Right. But and so amazing. those things are like fully off limits. And it's amazing though how familiar you get with each other, right? And how comfortable you might get. And so those boundaries of like hurtful words get high, like higher and higher, right? You like, you're not just mm-hmm. like, gosh, you're acting like a jerk but you're just you start calling them degrading names because you feel like that will hurt them more um because of just where you've been so familiar with right and that's why i think we have to be we have to be aware of Mm -hmm. our conversation and our words because if we start slipping into that you know just not caring and being indifferent and Mm. apathetic about how we speak to each other then those bound we're going to lose sight of of how we should talk to each other and why we're talking to each other it's funny you say that because a lot of times people will think of anger or malice is the opposite of love, mm. right? I, love is like, I want the best for you. Well, malice being like, I want the worst for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually would make a case. And I feel like it's a pretty strong case that apathy is actually the opposite of love mm. way more than anger or malice is like, just feel something right. that tells me that you care yeah. and that we can actually work with that. But if you're, if you're cold and apathetic toward me right. and that translates into how we're talking to each other, yeah. I mean that you don't I'm actually talk. <laughs> well, we're talking, but it's like, I don't care how my words yeah. affect you. I just don't care about you. Yeah. I can just say whatever you want. Cause you're an object to me. Yeah. I've objectified you. I've now, mm. I'm now, and I'm not saying like in a sexual way, but I've just, I've turned you into an, in, you have, I've dehumanized you. Yeah. And so I think the, these types of boundaries kind of keep checks in your, in our hearts mm-hmm. so that I know if I'm ever saying like, if I, I can't imagine calling you like a dumb bee. Yeah. I've heard husbands call their wives that you see that on TV, you mm-hmm. hear it in terrible music. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, you hear yeah. degrading language toward men and toward women and toward people and, and, you know, right. No honor, no value, no worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it's very just, I feel like it's very surface. Like it's not, it takes nothing to call people names really. Right. It's, it's well, not, it takes nothing except for a very deep, deep, right. like Sorry, wrongness in your own heart. Yes. I guess that, it's just easier to give into those feelings and emotions and respond from that rather than stop and allow, like those are feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't need to say what I feel in order to not allow my head to explode. And yeah. I've been in those moments, <laughs> friends. I speak from experience. So I want to go one step further on this. So okay. we're talking about the first category of communication and be, and things that are off limits. Okay. So why, and I want to answer this, I want to ask this question. We can talk about it. Why are things off limits? Meaning that why are we deciding that these specific things are off limits? Namely, okay, the name calling mm-hmm. or these statements of, oh, I knew I should have, I, I shouldn't have married you or marrying you was a mistake or I should have married so-and-so, yeah. not you. Well, I think it goes back to James 3 of how 
we put the bits into mouths of horses and ships have small rudders. You you shift that just a little bit. You start calling somebody a name. What is that really saying? You're saying I don't I I don't value you as my wife, maybe even as a human, right? So mm. you're degrading them, you're dehumanizing or them. Somebody made in the image of God and worthy yes, of Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know. And if you I'm trying to think. I think it's also saying, and I'll just jump in. Yeah, I, was, I think it's also saying that, that you actually don't value your covenant. Right. In that right. when you, in the fact that your spouse is a child of God made right. in his image and, uh, you know, has value, worth, and importance right. in his image. I wrote a blog post a while back, something to the effect of, she is God's daughter first, my wife second. Mm. Right? And so you can flip that around and say, he is God's son first, my husband second. Mm. But this idea that... um it was from Gary Thomas. So he, Gary Thomas talked about this in one of his, we were actually interacting with him on, on something else. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, written a piece all about how seeing God as your son and like your divine father-in-law. Right. <laughs> like I need <laughs> to care for his daughter. Yeah. And so well, there's anyway, this, if there's... I would never, I would be mortified if somebody talked to my daughter this way. Right. And I would want to just smite that little, that little, I would want to. Words, wanna... words. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, so that helps. So when we talk to each other in those ways, right. we are devaluing right. the personhood in as somebody made in the image of God. Well, and I think we throw out the order and the honoring, like the honor order, I want to say of like, God has, he's a God of order, right? And so when we are devaluing his creation, we are devaluing his order of things as well. Hmm. Um. I'm just going to leave that there. Well, that's good. <laughs> so again, just to be clear, things that are off limits, anytime, any personal attack, any name calling, right. that's, come on, we can get beyond that. That's off limits. Sometimes that's hurt. You're saying that out of hurt. I get that. It doesn't okay it. It does call for repentance and forgiveness and owning that, but that should be becoming less and less a part of your mm-hmm. vocabulary. If it's, if it's still remaining consistent, I would question the repentance. Hmm. That's good. So names name calling um, belittling in that way but also things that allude to uh, the fact that this covenant is fluid and can right. change so I, I shouldn't have married you I should have married this guy or let's I'm I'm gonna get a divorce right like, and these are these are symptoms of that are of obviously like yeah. you said deeper issues of the heart yeah. um, and but 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 if we're not careful the language can then like James says kind of be this the rudder on that ship right and so even if we're not actually thinking about <laughs> right. divorce, we can start letting that crack form in our foundation. There's something about saying it. If I, yeah, if I like, say, you know, you know what, whatever, let's just get a divorce. the idea, right? Then, yeah. Say I throw that out there. You know what? Screw it. Let's just get a divorce. Well, and then we make up and we're fine. It. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. And then, but somewhere there's a seed that says, hey, he threw that out there. I threw that out there. There's a chance yeah. that. If if I need it's, to, I can really cra- flex that muscle. It's putting a crack in your covenantal yeah. foundation. So it's two ways, two ways. So I that's agree. the first one, off I limits. Agree. Um, and the second one, uh, this one I think addresses more of like some of the grayer areas mm. of of communication. Um, and like you know, you said it's not necessarily malicious, but it doesn't really produce kind of the fruit. It's not. It's not. Produce. You haven't actually said what the second one is. Yet. Sorry, <laughs> it's unhelpful or unproductive. So, oh, yeah, so phrases the, like the first one is off limits, things yes. that are absolutely off limits, a no go zone. Right. And then the second one is unhelpful and unproductive right. things. Okay. Right. Things like you always and you never. Those are Ryan's favorite statements. Um, <laughs> they're always my favorite. Statements. Always his favorite. I love saying, absolutes. Absolutely. Or saying whatever, kind of under your breath, which is my thing that I kind of 
I just like breathe yeah. in my head sometimes now. It's come off so my like lips dismissive more, but language, it's still in my head sometimes. Dismissive language, which again is is yeah. uh, is referring to it's basically lazy communication is what this category is, right? It's well, it's lazy, but it's also I think it just indicates again what's going on in your heart or what's not going on in your heart. So, so if you Maybe right. another way to diagnose this is it's that which does not directly contribute to reconciliation. Right. So healthy communication is if we're talking about the exchange of meaning, right. the free flow of meaning, as people who are committed to our covenant, any communication in the sense that if there's a rift happening, right. any communication that happens in or around that should be to the end of reconciliation. Right. So these things are unhelpful or, or unproductive to that Right. End. It's like the extra things, right? Like... You're loading the car and he f- oh. forgets to put something in the car, right? Or something. You're just like, why didn't you just do it? That kind of thing. Like, did it need to be said? Really? And why did we feel like we needed to say that? Mm. And we have those conversations. You know, I'm, I'm so many times I'm like, babe, I outlay, I put everything out here. I made such an effort. Why are you not putting this in the car? Like, like, <laughs> it, you know, and it's, it's obviously less about the item that's being put in the car and it's more about how I, all of my efforts, and you're not recognizing those efforts. And I think there are there, there are appropriate times to communicate the frustrations around that Right, stuff. but it can be unhelpful when it's a very, like, flippant and frustrating comment. Yeah. Well, of, that's where, like, the you never, or you right. always, you never do what, you never look at things how I set them up to make right. it easier or whatever, or you never put the stuff in the car like I said you should, or, <laughs> or you always just ignore it, or when it's time to leave, you always do this. Right, or, right. Um, and you can communicate things without using that language right i think is what is helpful right and Uh, like what's the other side of that you know thank you it's gratitude it's it's appreciation it's encouragement exhortation it's you know supporting and Mm. and loving and being intentional with our words so being helpful and productive (laughs) instead of unhelpful or unproductive yeah we um we talked a while back with josh and christy straub about creating an emotionally safe marriage. And one of the things, you know, a lot of psychologists talk about using me language or I language. This makes me feel this way as opposed to you always or you never, Mm -hmm. that sorts of language. Mm -hmm. I think it's just being kind of uh, emotionally mature Mm -hmm. about this stuff. So um, in in a lot of my reading, I'm reading on emotional intelligence and emotional maturity and what (laughs) emotional intelligence is, like emotional intelligence quotient, right? So you have your IQ then you also have your EQ. And so emotional intelligence is being able to identify uh, how emotions are playing into something Mm. and in yourself and in others and knowing how you can actually, um, that's being able to identify and discern those things. And then emotional maturity is basically using what you know with wisdom. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I, if I'm honest, I fall on the spectrum because I, I, for a lot of our marriage, I knew that I was pretty emotionally charged, I think. And, but it was hard for me in that blind rage to use productive words <laughs> i would just kind of fly off the handle because maybe mm. that's what i grew up with you know i just say what i feel and there is no check or balances there and mm. i think when we're not you know when we're not thinking about how is this going to hurt the other person or the thing again like that has helped me the most uh is just to understand that this is an emotion i don't have to respond on it or because of it but i can talk to Ryan about it maybe not in the moment but a little bit later and saying this is how it made me feel Hmm. and it just that whole idea of understanding that I don't have to act on this emotion that is like my constant sanctification I feel like in our marriage is is you are eliciting this emotion in me that is frustrating me or 
is making me angry and I want to respond out of it. But it's like, no, I need to submit that emotion to God's word and I need to understand myself that I need some cool down time and then I can come back and understand the situation more clearly. So be um, able to use my words as I tell our five-year-old and three-year-old. <laughs> but that is also not a blank slate for a husband to just be lazy. And right. it's always, you know, or the other spouse to Absolutely. always be just spouting off. And you have to figure it out now because you're the emotional mature one. I'm not. So right. you can just pick up my messes that I leave around <laughs> everywhere. I read a quote by Ambrose Bierce the other day. And I tweeted really it. His name. That's what his name is. Ambrose. Yeah. Um, and he said, speak when you are angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. <laughs> Speak when so you're true. angry, you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Yep. So I'm on true Twitter. I, I've been doing a lot more Twitter lately. <laughs> been tweeting a lot been more? Tweeting a lot more lately. So my handle is Ryan Fred. if you want to be a, be a Twitter, Twitter I, pal. I do not tweet at all. Yeah. Well, I do. I just started and it's <laughs> addictive. I've quit us. everything else. So I wrote a little note. So this applies especially well to arguments between spouses. So much of dealing with marital discord has to do with how you handle things when emotions run high. Or when you're tired and worn out. Mm-hmm. Healthy couples don't avoid conflict. They are just better at re- resolving it in healthy ways. I found this helpful. Be quick to listen. Okay, so that comes from James 1. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I, I wanted to blow it out a little bit. This is like the amplified Ryan version. So be <laughs> quick to listen. Breathe, pause, examine your own heart. Remember that you're on the same side. Remember that neither, neither of you is perfect. And finally, speak. I think I forget that we're on the same side because it is mm. very much I'm like... Uh, you're in enemy territory right now, Ryan. <laughs> right, because it shifts from let's communicate these ideas and have this free flow of yes. of, of to, I'm right, and why don't you understand this? To you are now my enemy. Yeah. yeah. To now I have to win this. Yes. I have to win, and I have to make it known that you lost. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so a competitive nature there, you know. Yeah. So there's definitely a sense of being able to discern and be emotionally mature about identifying what is helpful and unproductive yeah doesn't mean you can't talk about stuff it just means that maybe the timing needs to stop or you need to just modify the I do absolutes th- i do think what fits under here is sarcasm too though i'm just gonna put that out there because yeah sarcasm is the, the lowest form of humor and it's annoying it's the lowest form of communication in our books and so yeah. we get it and we'll laugh at it but like to each other it's just like ugh. <laughs> it's always for us though here to be clear we are very sarcastic, but in an ironic way, where it's like very clear that you're being sarcastic. You sound so like <laughs> meta or something. <laughs> to where like we will say a joke and it's, but the sarcasm is clear because the, the, the because the irony is that it's not sarcasm. Right. You're actually joking about something. Yeah. It's really weird, actually, if you try to articulate our humor. We're just kind of some weirdos, I guess, over I think here we've in been watching corner. too much dry television, like too much of The Office, too much of You can whatever. never have too much of it's The true. Office. It's true. It's Never. True. I heard a rumor they might take it off Netflix. They better not. Don't we have the DVD? That's a game changer. I would unsubscribe from Netflix. I don't know where the DVDs are. Who has a DVD <laughs> player anymore? Okay, well, we need to figure out how to get this. Okay. Anyways. This I'll just illegally stream it. Pertinent. Don't you dare. <laughs> this is just pertinent the to FCC's our marriage. going to shut us down. Do you understand that The Office has been a part of our marriage since like our first house? Since before California. This is uh-huh. We're talking like 12 of our 16 years probably. Yep. I'm just saying. Okay, so the first category that we talked about, just as a quick recap of these communication categories, um, is the off-limits section, you know, not Mm -hmm. calling each other names, the real brash kind of words and the absolute statements, then the unhelpful and unproductive uh, kind of whatever. It's it's more like apathetic, um, lazy communication. Yep, that's good. Um, And then the third and final one, 
is uh, just wise. Wise. <laughs> we just wrote Things wise. That are wise. I think so, wisdom. <laughs> so I just want to read this: is wisdom compels us to act in ways that are life giving and marriage preserving. Mm. Life giving and marriage preserving. Many arguments between us could have been avoided or handled productively if only we had had them at a wise time or in an appropriate place. So you, me yelling at you <laughs> in the Olive Garden the other day was not <laughs> Wait, a good we, place. I'm just kidding. The Olive <laughs> we don't Garden. Yell, we don't yell at each other in public places. <laughs> not usually. No, you get like the, the quiet, like, like, just <laughs> quiet. Just, just, <laughs> I've had enough of this. Just get in the car. I don't want to talk about right now. <laughs> just the that, words through the lips. And that makes me like... laugh so hard when you do that. But that just makes you even more mad. Fuming. <laughs> just just floors me uh, uh, in the worst way. So anyways, using so, this is more, I think, practical stuff in using, mm. using wisdom, right? So when you're both exhausted late at night, we've learned this from many, many fights. Don't talk yeah. about heavy things. <laughs> yeah. Like after seven or eight o'clock, it's got to be all like smooth sailing office quotes, you know, <laughs> Nothing too intense. It doesn't always have. It doesn't always right because that that might be your time of your connecting, and you need to talk about some hard stuff. But I guess I would say put some boundaries and parameters on it. Just under maybe in your mental notes of understanding. Okay, it's getting late. We're having kind of a harder conversation. Maybe Mm. we need to table this until tomorrow, and just just express where we're each of us are coming from, so we each feel heard. Um, But maybe let it roll over till tomorrow, so we can really Mm. address kind of how we can deal with the hard thing that we're talking about. So I think this will help kind of um, <clears throat> help decipher and how to find a wise way to communicate hard things. Cause it's easy to be wise when it's, when it's easy, right? When it's, right. when it's what needs to be said is good and it's positive and it's productive. But you need wisdom when you don't want to have a hard conversation or mm-hmm. when, when that, emotion is bubbling up and you're tired and you're basically getting you know you're going to be caught off guard <laughs> and it's going to create a fight work it out among yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have you have an opportunity so there's what's called a fool's um like a fool's bargain or basically mm. a fool's choice i think it's called a fool's choice it's basically this idea that either i have to shut up and bottle this up mm. which means i have to be acquiesce i have to be silent or i have to create a big fight those are the, that's the choice Either I ball it up, nothing happens, and we keep the peace, or I say what I want to say, and there's a fight. And I'm saying that that's a fool's choice. There is a third option, and that is to communicate well and resolve it well. Mm. (laughs) That is to actually say the things that you need to say, despite what you're feeling, right? There's, you can either avoid... Sometimes I need to say the things I need to say with what I'm feeling. Okay, so... Is that okay? Well, it depends on how it comes out. (laughs) Yeah. If you come out, just can't come out sideways. Okay. And so there's this, there's three options again. You can avoid the conversation. You can face the conversation and handle it poorly, or you can face the conversation and handle it well. Mm. Those are the three options. And so wisdom compels us to act in ways that are life-giving and marriage-preserving. So we are acting, handling it well for the health of our marriage. You right. can't just sweep it under the carpet. That's not healthy. You can't just blow up every time you have a frustration. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So... How do we go about doing that? I think it's realizing those, like you talked, like timing, like you talked about, right. the practicalities of it. Well, and we talked about not letting loose in places that you maybe feel comfortable in, like your in-law's house or maybe mm-hmm. even like a small group. I think there's got to be this level, a certain level of decorum, right? And if you mm-hmm. do need to kind of like work some stuff out, go into another room and just talk about it or go outside and figure it out. It's just, it's like when you discipline your kids, you don't do it in front of other people, right? You, you It's embarrassing to them. Yeah. It's a moment of teaching. You need to take them aside, eliminate distractions, and focus on what 
you need what needs to be said and what needs yeah. to be achieved there. I, I mean, I'm going to say a statement that I... Sometimes we do that, though, at our parents' house. I'm going to say a statement that I don't have research for, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Great. Remember what James 3 you said. You are fake news. You're being held accountable. <laughs> uh, I think most of these types of fights have to do with timing and the fact that yeah. somebody's caught off guard, and it's usually happening in a time that's spontaneous. And so you don't ha- you're not at your mental best because right. you're not prepared for a healthy conversation. Right. So a lot of times it can be avoided just by saying, hey... I love you. I'm on your side. Right. Let's pick this up at a better, more opportune time when we right. can actually talk. Right. And that gives you time to let the emotions kind of fade and simmer. And I think that's that's in the spirit of wisdom. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important to understand that sometimes these, we b- blow up because we've been bubbling and just stewing for so long on the inside. And so I think one of the best things we can do truly is to to pray and to bring it to God, but also to bring it to our spouse as soon as possible and not let it stew. If you find yourself stewing, this was funny. This was a word of a friend. This was their, their like 2019 word of the year was to unstew. And I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> um, but if, if you, if you find yourself stewing, if you find yourself kind of in this place this mental space for too long, you need to say something. You need to talk about it because what's going to slip out is it's like, what is this illustration? It's like, I think somebody said they put like, they had a little mound of of jello or something. And like when you squeeze it, right, you push down on it, it all just splats out everywhere. And Mm. so any sort of little pressures that like come at you is going to exude this (laughs) jello or the, you know what I'm saying? Like all the, all the, the yuckiness that's been stewing inside of you is just going to leak out and then it's going to leak out at those inopportune times. And then you're going to, you're going to want to duke it out and you're not going to have time. And it's going to be even more frustrating situation. So what I'm saying is like, like stop it at the pass. Like when you start feeling these Mm. things, when things are starting to become challenging and you're not talking very nicely or clearly to each other, well, keep talking because you got to talk about those things. I think uh, one of the underlying assumptions that might be frustrating the listeners right now is we're assuming that there's a good bit of desire on both sides to have healthy communication. And we're also assuming that there's a um, good self-awareness. Right. So, And we both both struggle with that. I mean, I've I've talked to a lot of couples and not good friends, right? Because a good friend, I could actually speak into this, but couples that we've maybe just crossed paths with. Yeah. And it's so clear that the husband is just like the most prideful, arrogant guy and yeah. is not kind to his wife at all. Right. And I just want to shake him, <laughs> grab him by the shoulders and shake him and say, wake up. You are like killing your wife. Yeah. How you're talking to her. She feels defeated. She feels like she can't get through to you. She is hurting and she feels like she is not heard right. by you. And he'll say, well, I'm just, I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> it's I, not about being right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's being not godly. about being right. It's about being right means getting at the heart of your spouse in, in whatever that means. Yeah. Well, and on the flip side, as a wife, you know, you see the wives wearing the pants, driving the marriage, and the husband's just over there on his phone, unengaged, because it's too hard to, like, tame her, right? To just get her in check, because she's just already, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're just I'm, not, I'm not talking right now. <laughs> you just know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about, listeners. And if I would, I would implore that wife, is that the right word? Did I write that? Implore yeah. that wife. I would say, I would encourage that wife, as you would shake that husband, <laughs> to say, "Let's, let's. You need to engage with your husband, and you need to not emas- emasculate him. You need hmm. to 
build him up as the the spiritual yeah. leader of your home and you mm. need to pray for him and pray for his heart and take that humble path because no doubt we operate in pride way too much especially as wives right it's mm. it's that whole just like your desire will be for your husband's role and he will he will be the head over you still but yeah so that's a constant putting in check putting you know submitting our hearts when the pride rises up submitting our words you know to god's biblical truth and submitting it to his authority okay so i think it all is honestly distilling down to one thing and that is really you said submission to god's word in other words what is that humility Mm. That's humility before God. Mm-hmm. The Bible, We talked about wise words, okay? It's all right. coming full circle here. Right. The, the proverb says the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Is that Solomon's or Proverbs? I can't remember. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not cowering in fear. There's a, there is a good sense that like he is a fierce lion and I can be at any moment devoured by him. Yeah. That Aslan sort of yeah. type of, but also this wisdom knowing that he is God, I am not. Yeah. That is the starting place of this. So if if you're having communication issues in your marriage and there's a lack of humility around this and a lack of saying, I'm not perfect, I love you, and I need to love you well, then there is a lack of fear of the Lord on some regard because mm-hmm. there's that pride is the is an amazing it cauterizes the heart and it, it like sears the conscience and it and it hardens your mm-hmm. heart with pride. And it's just a wicked thing. So I think Seeing God for who he is at the start is the beginning of, of wisdom. Absolutely. So the couple's challenge here, I think, would just be to read James 3 together, verses 1 through 12, mm. and you know, discuss, discuss times when you find it's hard to control what you say. Like maybe when, mm. what are the most frustrating moments or angry moments that you guys have? Maybe you can identify some consistencies, right? You've, it's late at night. You've had long days. Work yeah. is not, there's a season of challenging time at work. Your kids are just the mm. worst. I'm just kidding. Um, they're being disobedient. Let's use our words here, right? <laughs> yeah. They're being disobedient. They're they're going through a development. There's something happening, right? There's these, yeah. these points of tension. So can you guys identify that as a couple and start to get a plan in place of how you can better navigate those times with your words. Like for me, I need cool down time. If we're going to get raging and hot, like you better give me some time to cool down because you're not going to like what's going to come out. You make it sound like you're just like this. I think I used to be. God's rageaholic. He's sanctifying me. I feel like I am sometimes. But you're not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) The Hulk has settled. It's like in the last Like anyone when you get worked up, like you got to calm down. Yes. But anyone's like that. Yeah, but, but I feel it's like, not like you I'm can this battered husband. No, but I feel like you can resolve a bit quicker depending on what we're talking about and who it's addressed to. But I like if I feel blamed and I feel like I'm getting pinned into a corner. I think you're pretty amazing. You're I think, sweet. I think you've but grown I feel a like lot I, in this thank area. You. I'm just trying to be honest and share. Okay. But you're, you're yeah. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh, what was I going to say? Shoot, I, f- I lost it. You're not that. You're not that bad at rage. Oh, here it is. Okay, so you're reading through James three. <laughs> yes. And talking through this stuff, like Selena was saying, I would encourage you to go through kind of the different areas of marriage. Typically, it's around intimacy and finances. Mm-hmm. So specifically, talk about how can we uh, communicate better in our intimate life. Yeah. Okay. In light of James three, how can we use the power of the tongue to bring life and not death? All that. Not okay. Set how can we? Ablaze. Yes. <laughs> And how can we do that in our financial lives? If, right. if maybe you fight a lot whenever the bills are due or because you're overdrawing the checking account or whatever that tension point is, yeah. uh, think about this in terms of 
uh, your priorities. So what's typically, so we're talking about communication. That's a big area in marriage. Uh, intimacy is another one. Priority is another one. Finances are another one. Yeah, because I think you can get a, very heated about what's important and what's not. What you think is important and what's not. Again, coming either uh-huh. from pride or a lack of understanding. So this is why the humble street is the way to go <laughs> yeah. in all of this. And acknowledging, like you said, who God is. And That's good. That's good. All right, let me pray this out. Okay. Was that a good conversation? I, I hope it was good. It took was some time good. to get warmed up. It's kind out. of ironic because we, we had a little conversation tension before this <laughs> <laughs> you're like eat a banana like, i don't i'm not hungry i do not need a banana <laughs> and you're like just eat two bites and i'll be fine <laughs> I felt like i was trying to get our five-year-old and three-year-old to eat <laughs> anyways i don't eat usually in the mornings i just don't get hungry i that's not healthy. don't agree with it so I try that's why i was trying like, to say, i was like you just take care of yourself you're not doing it so to i'm gonna take care of you myself yeah but once you smell food you're hungry it's true so just make it smell good all up in here. They smell like a banana. They smell like bananas <laughs> up in here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these um, the husbands and the wives listening to this. I thank you that they're willing to invest this time into maybe learning a little bit. Father, mm-hmm. I pray that it was fruitful for them. I pray that uh, you would let their the the word that we read in James and in Proverbs and in Ephesians, I let that those words about our words... Mm. Let those bear weight on our hearts. Father, I pray that you would put a check in our spirit. Holy Spirit, help us to know when we're being unhelpful Mm. or unproductive with our words or if we're just being flat out hurtful with our words. Mm. I pray that you you would lead us in a path toward wisdom and speaking life into each other, knowing that we have those direct lines into each other's hearts um, as spouses. And I pray that we would be our greatest encouragers of each other um, for, for our good, but more than anything, God, for your glory. Thank you again for this time. Holy Spirit, use it mm. for your for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. This is episode 98. We have two more episodes, and we're going to be 100 episodes. we got to do something special. One more, 98, and then 99, and then it will be that. Okay, 100. well, semantics. <laughs> That's unhelpful and unproductive. I'm sorry. And therefore unwise. <laughs> and off limits. How dare you? How dare you? All right. All right. I think that's it. I said the can thing, right? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We'll see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.